When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Powered by Just Like Media Group. I'm your host, Chris. You join me this week. I've got Peter. Peter, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm good. You know what it is? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything better than having like a new signing. Like, and you're, when you're signing a striker as well, like, signing a new striker, I don't think there's like there's not much feelings better than that in football. Like, it feels good still. You know what I'm saying? It feels good. There's something about, yeah, that expectation of having that new number nine. You see him, all yeah. the silky finishes, all the, you know, the, the athleticism that he's got. And see the potential of thinking, okay, we could be cooking here. You know what I mean? We could be cooking. You know, we've got um, that, that Thanos meme. I think I could, um, Babs from Chessie, I likes to use it a lot. What was he cooking? So we're going to find out what the uh, the transfer team and club have been cooking. Of course, we are recording this an hour after the news is broke. That I think an hour, two hours. I'm, I'm losing track of time. After Liverpool have announced the signing of Uruguayan and Benfica striker Darwin Nunez on a six-year deal for a fee around £65 million that could increase to £85 million if clauses are met. So it's a little bit hold that and, um, you know, commiseries to the £100 million gang who thought they uh, were cooking something there. You know, there was a lot of stuff cooking, but apparently, it, as Gordon Ramsay will probably look at it, it's probably this is tripe, this is shy to get back in the kitchen and cook again. Um, we did a very, in me, myself and Ellis did a really in-depth um scouting report and stats review of Darwin Nunez and you can find that over on our YouTube channel that is um, the link will be with this podcast anyway so do click on it and it will be available on our Twitter channel but it is on the Touchline community um, YouTube channel so do check that out if you want a really good in-depth view of our new number nine 
And of course, for all the extra stuff, all the good stuff that comes to Cop End, do head over to the Patreon page. That is patreon.com forward slash Cop End Fracas. A massive thank you to a lot of the people who have subscribed to the page in the past two weeks. We know it is that low period of the season where not a lot's happening, but you've seen how much is happening on the Cop End Fracas Patreon page. We've seen the transfer games, the stat shows, the scouting reports, and all the other weird and fantastic stuff we have coming up. It's the best time to be a patron subscriber from just the low, low price of £3 per month. So if you are considering adding another um, podcasting subscription to your service, then please do consider us a cup of fracas. But let's get stuck into this week's show. And, and Peter, like we're saying, obviously Darwin Nunez, now Liverpool's number 27, which feels a little bit, you know, I think it was David the tweet, the body's not even cold with a rig yet. So it's kind of kind of one of those ones. But how are you feeling overall with the signing and how excited are you to kind of see him kind of get out there in pre-season, see what he's all about and obviously how he integrates this Liverpool team? Yeah, do you know what? It's a signing that I admit has grown on me. So like originally, it's not that I wasn't too keen on it. It's just that I didn't know much about him. And like when we played when we played Benfica um, in the knockout stages, I was impressed with him. And I feel like he did obviously play well against us, scored these two goals against us. But the more and more I would see his like compilations online, the more I would see like fans talking to him, say he's scrappy, say he's not very, his Glen Cup play isn't very good. I was thinking, hmm, I'm not really too sure on him. But like the more and more we've been linked to him, I've had to do my own research and I've had my, I've done my own deep dive on him and I've watched him, yeah, you know I'm saying a lot more now. And yeah, I'm actually really impressed with him and I'm more sold on him a lot more now. And he's a player that I feel like he suits us and suits our system very much in terms yeah. of how direct and intense he is. He's like, honestly, like the same way kind of Diaz is, you know what I'm saying? They're kind of high octane, like they press, they always want to be on the ball. They kind of have got that energy and that kind of drive and just always a pest for defenders. And you see that with Diaz when we signed Diaz and it doesn't matter who he's playing up against, he thinks that he can beat them. He thinks that he wants to take on everyone. And I think Nunes is the same way and that he's got that, that dog in him. You know what I'm he's saying? Got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when, like I said in um, last week's pod, when um, Benfica were down and out, he was the only one trying to drag them in. Like, granted, he was scoring a lot of offside goals <laughs> against us, but um, he did get his two goals and, like, he was trying to drag them in. He was trying to really show it out. So, um, yeah, and the main thing about this signing is that it gives us another option in terms of having a forward who's obviously um, a presence. You know what I'm saying? He's a presence in that box and he's going to be um, a handful for defenders. He's going to be something for centre-backs to think about. So in terms of, you know what I'm saying, we put a lot, we're a team that puts a lot of crosses in the box, Trent Robertson. Now we actually have someone who's over five foot eight or five foot nine to kind of head them <laughs> in. You know what I'm saying? And that's not, not to credit Mane, Salah, Jota. They're great headers of the ball, but yeah. it's different. You know what I'm saying? This guy's actually a presence. He's actually kind of tall. And he's actually really, he's really good in the air. Um, and he's, 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 a, he's a number nine. You know what I'm saying? We don't have natural number nines. So someone that's able to kind of sniff, sniff chances and it's, 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 their, it's their kind of natural, it's natural for them to sniff them chances, it's natural for them to be in a box, natural for them to score them scruffy goals. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the signing now. Um, it's not 100 million like everyone is saying. Just to clarify, again, it's not 100 million, it's 64 million with <laughs> potential add-ons of up to 85 million if we win the Champions League. So, yes, you know what I'm saying? That's the actual price. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a good price. Um, 64 million initial fee. Um, that's pretty good for a striker. I think that's, that's kind of the golden rate these days. You know, look at Oshiman when Napoli bought him, or like 70, 80 million. You look at um, 
Lukaku, 100 million. Um, you look at Vlahovic, Juventus just bought 80 million. So, you know what I'm saying? That's the kind of going rate for strikers these days. So, um, yeah, 22 years of age, again, fits into our profile of buying that 22 to 26 age range. He's ready to kind of explode and kind of burst onto the main, um, the main, the main stage. So, yeah, um, the one thing I was looking at earlier, I was kind of surprised that we kind of bought him this early because normally with our signings, you kind of wait for them to kind of maybe... That's have 24, two, 25 range. Yeah, ha- yeah, maybe wait for them to kind of have two or three more seasons of like at the top, playing at the, a decent level, a good level, and then we kind of get to them because he's only really had one season of playing at the top level and banging out goals, you know what I'm saying? He got 34 goals this year in football appearances, so... But um, yeah, it's nice to be ahead of the curve for once. We're not buying him from Swampton. We're not buying him from RB Leipzig. We're actually buying him, you know what I'm saying, from the source. So yeah, um, I'm yeah, I'm happy. I'm I'm feeling good about it. How are you feeling, Chris? I'm really happy. And you raise a really interesting point there that we kind of buy him a little bit earlier than we normally expect to, because you know we 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 like to let him cook a bit. You know, there's a big big cooking theme on this on this week's episode. Uh, you know we like to let him kind of like marinate before we you know really get them into the club. Do you think that's just simply because that I think we've discussed it so many times just as as a group. There's a real clear lack of defining number nines in in, in not even European football but world football at the moment. Yeah, one hundred percent. Basically, if if he was to leave him this summer, he wouldn't be there next summer. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's that's the main reason. So he's definitely getting bought this summer, and if he's going to get bought, it has to be by us. So I, I think that's the kind of reason we kind of we can't wait. You know what I'm saying? We, we cannot wait. So yeah, I think that's probably the main reason we bought him this summer. No, no I, I couldn't agree more. I'm really excited by him, man. I mean, he's, he's, all you have to do is just look in, look into some of the kind of like, the, like, the top level numbers: twenty six goals and four assists in the Portuguese league last season. You know, 26, you know, 26 goals, you know, from 15.73 XG in the Portuguese, you know, in that Portuguese league. I mean, that is a massive uplift, almost, of a, you know, of almost 11 goals. The conversion rate, you know, 30%. You know, 18 of, 18 of the goals, you know, from 28 shots on target. And again, the conversion rate at 64% on these shots on target. If there's one thing this guy is, it's absolutely lethal between the sticks. And you know, kind of doing that, you know, that, that research, you know, getting to know a little bit more about him because you know, I won't, I won't lie. The only time I really saw him last season was a few games in the Champions League group stages, and obviously the two games against us. But one of the things you really pick up on when you do look at him is you see really clever, instinctive movement in the box. He's really good, and that's that's where the experience of him playing on that left wing in the previous season comes into play. He's really adept at getting to the back post. He's really adept at getting to really finding the spaces between centre backs and finding clear and cut opportunities for himself. And we even saw it from Trent tweeting out earlier when he goes, "How may I assist you?" He's probably looking at the tapes as well, thinking, "Okay, yeah, I, I can maybe add another four assists to my already impressive total for next season because this guy's really intelligent. He's got everything down." And he's going to be in these positions for, for us next season. Yeah, for sure, hundred um, percent. You know, there's kind of a conversation to be had about how the Portuguese kind of league, kind of um, they tra- it translates really well to the Premier League, mm. and a lot of the signings that come from the Portuguese league. So, just to name a few, maybe um, Ruben Diaz, Luis Diaz. Um, obviously, um, oh, who's going to say? There's a couple in my head now, but yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I'll think of some more. But like a lot of the signings that like have come from that league, they've done quite well. Um, so yeah, I think that league kind of translates really well in terms of maybe the kind of aggression and maybe the kind of physicality of that league. It's more physical than you think it is. For sure. It's got a lot of South American players in it, and we know how kind of physical South American players are. So, but but yeah, I think there's a lot of yeah, David Luiz also. Um, but yeah, just there's a lot of um, 
imports from that league. And it's, it's weird that I feel like Julian Ward is kind of, that looks to be his league, you know what I'm saying? The league that he kind of likes. It's funny though, because obviously when you look at it, he was the South American scout for so long. And like you said, a lot of South Americans are going to that league and thinking, oh, cool, I looked at that guy in 2018. He's like really come along, he's really kicked on to kind of like t- take that next level of his game. So just kind of going back to some of his old books and, and seeing where he stacks. So, which is, um, which is not a bad thing to be fair, but but yeah, man, I'm I'm really excited by this. He brings the number twenty seven, and he's out. You know, we were lacking that number number nine. In do you think he'll play right away, or do you think there'll be that kind of embedding period for him at the beginning? Um, I think it depends on his preseason. I think it depends how good he looks in his preseason. And um, naturally, I think Klopp is kind of someone who kind of doesn't throw signings straight in because obviously the system that we play is so particular. And it's such like a um, it's such a different system to many te- how many teams play. So obviously the way that we press, um, the way that you obviously cut off options um, when other teams got the ball, the way that kind of you have to take up the gaps um, when obviously Trent and Robertson have got the ball. You know what I'm saying? The way that we kind of attack in um, the front three, you have to work as a unison. You have to work as a, as a unit. You know what I'm saying? So um, there's there's a lot of facets and assets to our game in terms of the way we play. So it depends. Again, I think it depends how we kind of. Um, he kind of looks in pre-season, but my guess would be that he doesn't start straight away, that we probably do start with Diaz, Jota and Salah, um, because obviously that's probably, a, it's, it's, a, it's a three that's played together before, some more natural front three in terms of, um, obviously they'll each other last season. And I think there's, we kind of have to develop our game as well in terms of actually playing with a number nine. So um, whilst I think Diaz is, is not bad on the ball, he's not, he's not, um, he's not like a, you know what I'm saying, I don't think he's going to get it, but he's going to lose it straight away he might not be as involved as the other attackers. So we kind of have to um, adjust our system to kind of maybe having, not a passenger, but having someone who's not as involved in build-up. So that might mean playing maybe a more mid, a mid, a midfielder that likes to get on the ball a lot more and maybe midfielders are not ball winners. So I think there's kind of some adjustments to be made to our system, maybe centralising our play and maybe the midfield getting on the ball more so that we don't have to play with this kind of false nine and we can play with more traditional nine. So um, yeah, I think he probably, I think, he probably doesn't start the season straight away, mm-hmm. but um, he comes eventually. He comes in, and I think he'll kind of, kind of like how Jota done. You remember how Jota he came in in the Arsenal game, but he didn't start those first couple of games. Came in the Arsenal game on fire, scored, and he's just like you know what I'm saying. He hasn't really um, let up since then. So I imagine his impact to be kind of how Jota's impact was in that kind of first season that Jota came. And that's a really good, that's a good, really good way to look at it as well. He's kind of look at the one big weakness probably in his game is that kind of hold up and, and be able to link up in you know, the builder phases. You had a clip put it there. So that's kind of one of the things you think um, you've got, you've got one guy at the club who can do that really quickly. Well, and Roberto Firmino, you know, get, get those, get those two on the training ground every day and kind of just see how they can work that kind of thing out a little bit more. But, but yeah, I, I, I think that's, that, that's pretty spot on, but obviously we're going to talk about midfielders kind of a little bit later on. But do you think that adds the credence to the fact that we kind of need a bit more of a more attacking number 10 like midfielder in that right-hand side role? Yeah, for sure. I think we definitely need um, midfielders that are very are good in build-up, that can retain possession, that can kind of add that kind of attacking um, impetus and that can kind of be more creative because we're probably we're going to lose that in our probably, probably in that full snap position. Bobby Firmino is that kind of... Um, that kind of spark, that kind of little bit of um, ingenuity in between that yeah. midfield to attack. So we might lose that with Nunes, but obviously Nunes is more of a goal scorer. So we probably do need another midfielder that can kind of add that creative spark. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, do you know what? The one thing I was just thinking about, 
there's so now we've got Nunes, there's so many options like that I'm excited about. So like now it's I think it's more natural now, obviously Cavallo, Fabio Cavallo coming in as well, that that 43 run is there. Um yeah. 43 is still there, 44 is there, you know what I'm saying? So like playing maybe a 43 run with I don't know, um Henderson, no, Fabinho and Thiago, and then maybe Firmino on the 10. Sal on the right, Diaz on the left, um, and then Nuno's up top, or maybe even like a point Fabio Calvario on the 10, you know what I'm saying? For, or we could play even play a, a, a 4 3 3 maybe with midfielders who are a bit more attacking, so maybe like a Fabinho, Elliot, Thiago, Diaz, Nunes, you know, Sella. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? So there's, I think there's a lot of options there. KNFT midfield as well, that's there as well. So there's a lot of options there. I think it gives us um, a lot of exciting prospects that we can kind of line up with this season. What are, you looking, what, are you, what are you most looking forward to? I'm just looking forward to having I'm just, I'm just looking forward to having someone there who can put not, not put the ball in the back of the net, but someone who can just like really play off the shoulder. I mean, what's really done it for me in the past few days, you've seen that that video, and I say to Alice yesterday, of that side by side where it's kind of Torres' goals and what Nunez does. Mm. I'm like, someone who can kind of like take the ball like that and just really put it in the corner, just literally just slightly in the corner of the net. That's the exciting thing about it. I think I look at him, I look at his pace, he's ridiculously quick, he's ridiculously athletic, he can play off the shoulder. He's gonna be a proper, proper goal threat, man. It's gonna be interesting to see how he integrates this Liverpool team. I'm I'm really excited by it, to be fair. Yeah, do you know what? He remi- so I see the Torres comparisons, he definitely does remind me of Torres, but he reminds me of like a more raw version of Napoli Cavani. Um, I know that yeah. might be a lazy link because he's real grand, but that's just me, the way I saw it in terms of a striker. He's kind of got that athletic kind of big build, but is able to still be quite direct, fast. Those long strides yeah. about him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that kind of just, you see how, and when Cavani was really like what was younger, he was such a pest and he was just constantly on your case. Like Cavani would never give up anything. And the movement as well. Remember Cavani's movement was insane. The same insane. way Nunes' movement is very good as well. You know what I'm saying? You see them kind of double movements where they'll make one movement that's off and then he's offside Then he comes back onside, makes another movement <laughs> and it scores a goal. You know what I'm saying? You see that from Nunes at um, Benfica. So, yeah, those kind of comparisons for sure. That too. Oh God. Who was the other guy? Was it Levesi? Yeah, Levesi. Um, yeah. Cavani. Oof. Yeah. That was crazy. a good... Um, and Callion, all those guys. That was a good... Um, good little team, isn't it? Yeah, it was a good FIFA team, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Go back in the day. But yeah, I'm really excited. I know a lot of the guys in the group are excited. There is that obviously that one big kind of little caveat in you know, what, what we've seen, making little people a little bit hesitant is kind of the ball control, a little bit of a heavy touch. Do you think that can be ironed out or do you think that's just something... I mean, let, let's be honest. We're no strangers to having players with heavy touches at Liverpool. Diago Jota comes to mind and how they act. But it doesn't really affect them. It doesn't really hamper them in the build-up. They always manage to retain position, create something out of it. Are you confident he can kind of follow the same path or do you think it might be a little bit more of a of an effort to kind of get him on that page? Um, do you know what? That that doesn't really bother me. Like, it would more bother me if, like, he was more, like, known for being lackadaisical or being someone who doesn't press or being someone who doesn't really work hard. Yeah. But, like, these players, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's say he does take a heavy touch. You see Marnie come shield the ball and he might win a foul because of it. Or like you see Jota, um, he still carries on. So um, I just feel like he's got that kind of work rate and that kind of intensity to kind of um, ne- like negate it. So I don't, I don't think it's a big issue for me. I don't, I don't think we play massively over. Um, we don't really overplay too, too much. Whilst we have a lot of the ball, but 
we don't like it's not so so intricate to the point where you can't have like a you know what I'm saying a crazy touch or like our play we have a lot of direct players the main issue is that you have to be kind of direct and you kind of have to work hard and you kind of have yeah. to um, that's that's the main thing intensity you know what I'm saying intensity is our identity as Pep Linders likes to say so um, that's that's the main thing for me so I'm not I'm not really too worried about that um, yeah I just think the first season I, there's there's kind of um, the only worry I have is that like I said we have to kind of get used to playing a nine. So um, yeah, that might yeah. be kind of a little bit of an issue at start, but um, after that kind of um, kind of get get to grips with pain of a traditional number nine, I think he, he should be a success, man. Obviously, there's there's it can go either way, but in my opinion, I think it should be a success. Do you think it helps that a lot of the other players in our forward line have played with other traditional number nines during the course of their career? You look at Salah with Jeco, you look at Jota with Jimenez, you look at Diaz with. I want to say Morega, but there was another guy as well who in the in the games this season who was a little bit shit and was missing loads of good um, opportunities, especially in that game at Anfield. Do you think that definitely helps that they've played games with traditional number nines in their system that helps them, that can help them kind of integrate more into the Liverpool style of play? Yeah, for sure. Even Thiago with Lewandowski. Um, yeah? Yeah, so for sure, um, definitely. I think they won't be, they'll, they'll be no stranger to it. Um, they might even enjoy it. People like Salah, Salah's always looking for someone to kind of hold up the ball in that kind of right channel. So there you go. He's got someone that can kind of do that. Um, Jota as well. Jota used to profit off him and his so much. So, um, yeah, for sure. Um, I think they should profit from it. And we should see kind of um, an increase um, and a return from them so that in their kind of gameplay and their kind of, um, what's it called, their kind of output to the game. I was going to say, kind of looking back at when you said about the lastical daisiness, just looking at my notes from the, the show that me and Ellis did on, on YouTube yesterday in the Sky Report. And if you haven't watched it yet, it's a little bit of a lengthy watch. It's about 40 minutes long. There was just, honestly, there was so much to actually discuss. It was, it was quite it was quite enjoyable, to be fair. We initially kind of said 15, 20 minutes. Doubled that, stuck another 10 quid on it. Um, <laughs> but I was looking through. It's looking just through now. We just can't have in that team someone who's kind of, um, yeah. strolls around he's kind of lazy because it kind of rub, it might rub off on other players and we really don't need that everyone in that team works hard they're dogs you know what I'm saying they probably exactly so it, we just, that's the one trait we cannot 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 have and he's definitely not like that um, he works 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 so yeah 100% man I've, I, it was in my notes from yesterday kind of throughout Nunez's game relentless is an undeniable trademark of his style but if he didn't have possession he has constant energy and tenacity in his actions that make him a consistent issue for his opponents that's what you want to hear, man. You know what I mean? You, you've come off Bobby Firmino, who was a pressing machine. You've got this guy who is, you know, six foot two, six foot three, and he's going to cause all sorts of problems for opposition. Um, it's a shame Bernie aren't in the Premier League because I think he would have passed the Bernie test with flying colours, in all honesty. Yeah, he loves, you know, he loves that kind of physical battle, isn't it? Even with like Kanate, <laughs> he, was, he was, he was going every single time. If Kanate will win, he's right back there. You know what I'm saying? Right back there, right back there. Eventually, he got his rewards. <laughs> he yeah. was he was feasting, man. Um, but what like when you're looking Wait, at kind what, of the, what um, number did he have at Benfica? Sorry, I think he was number nine. Oh, okay, so when that nine becomes available, he might take that. That's why I think yeah. he's over twenty seven. You know, all right, all right, all right. yeah, just something some, something small. Like, I'll hold that one. Yeah, <laughs> something, something like something, like. something cooking, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that number ten shirt is going to be available at some point in the summer. Um, so who's going to take oh, that? Yeah. Has he seen? Oh, yeah. Maybe it might be a midfielder. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, man, there's not there's not that many kind of core core numbers left for um, a lot of the lads. Obviously, Milner will still have number seven. There will be number ten available. 
eight is on Nabi Kaiser's back, which is a bit... See, seven and eight, yeah, you're just thinking, try it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fair enough, you know, you know what I'm saying, they've got it, but yeah. Yeah, that's prime real estate as well, you know. <laughs> Crazy. No, Milner deserves his one, Kato. Yeah, it's, but yeah. Yeah, Kato, I... If um if a certain someone comes in this summer, uh, you might have to let that one go. You know, you might have to go and be number twenty four. That that Tiami minute, just grab that off the neck, like. I mean. <laughs> you can have number ninety nine. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> be one of them, man. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. When you to to kind of see how Diaz really integrates, he looks like a real good personality, a real good character just from the interviews that we've seen. And yeah, man, I'm you know, the social, this Liverpool social team heard everyone talking shit. The announcement video was really good. They went, All right, cool, we're not having these teenagers online calling us, you know, corny and not on call. Get the drones, they got the drones out, and it was, it was really good, man. I liked how they kind of went through the trophy cabinet, had to let everyone know and put everyone claro with the history of the club and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. I'm just really looking forward to seeing him in the first preseason game, which he will be available for, which is fantastic. But there are some other issues that do need sorting out in the squad for this summer. And notice the tone of voice change there. Um, it was reported from Paul Joyce, very, very, very reliable Liverpool journalist, that Liverpool might put off buying a midfielder until next summer. <coughs> exactly. Um, I saw that and I was like, unless you are very confident of getting Mr. Jude Bellingham, I would not do that. I wouldn't oh, do that. Like, even if we are confident of getting Jude Bellingham, it's just like, I think you're really like, um, you're playing with your title hopes there, man. I feel like we've seen this season as well, yeah. that, that midfielder and that crucial stage of the season, that kind of January, December, when we had to play the likes of Morton, um, Chamberlain, obviously Milner, but Milner's old, so it's not really his fault. You know what I'm saying? Playing those kind of midfielders, because the drop-off between Thiago and Keita, between everyone else in that kind of left in the mid-row, was too heavy. So um, yeah, I'm I, obviously I'm a big fan of Jones and Elliot, but we do kind of need another midfielder, kind of who kind of offsets that drop off between Thiago, Keita, Fabinho, and everyone else. So yeah, that, that that's not really sounding too good. I don't know. I, I do think we get another midfielder in though. I definitely think we do as well. I think I would be very shocked if they didn't bring two in over the next twelve months. Um, yeah, do you know what it is as well? I think we we use the press a lot more than we think. So in terms of kind of make, I don't, my guess would be to that we don't want to look desperate. Mm-hmm. So whoever works. Why do you think we don't want to look desperate for here? Is it because we're going for, we've seen the outlay that's gone on Nunez. You know, I think, and, and when Liverpool do this, they spend in large amounts. You know, they just like, they just won a lot of money at the casino. I think, all right, cool. We're buying out the bar, baby. It's ball or bust. And then for the next three weeks, we're going to be eating nothing but rice <laughs> and yam. Um <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, Joe, we're the king of that fifty cent meme and the spark car. You know that is <laughs> us. Like that should be our our logo. That our picture. Like we love. Like every. Like we have. Like I don't know. Maybe we don't have money, but I think we do have money. But we just have to. Yeah, you know I'm saying portray that outside image of just us being. Yeah, you know I'm saying I'm broke, baby. You know what I'm saying. Allow me, like. I ain't got allow it. me. Like, I ain't got, I ain't got, you know what I'm saying. Let's work and do it. But um, yeah. So I think we're probably using the press um to kind of um. What's the word? To kind of like show other teams that may are oh, whoever we're kind of dealing for, whoever we're in for, whatever midfield we're in for, we're not that desperate. Like we're good with mm-hmm. our options, but you know, so if there is a deal to be made, will, yeah, I say we'll, we'll do it as well. But um, yeah, and even the, the Nunes thing. So before we kind of um, agree the press Nunes, you remember we kind of briefed the press saying that 
we were um we're not we're not gonna go into a bit of war and yeah. that kept coming out like two three days before we kind of agreed the feed between Nunes. so i think it's one of them ones as well just kind of briefing the press um kind of just sending cryptic messages to whoever were in negotiations with that we're not that desperate um and there's other people out there we're good with what we have but you know what I'm saying? There's, if there's still to be made, let's do it. Uh, I packed that thing too now, you know, here. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely got it. Even looking at little things like Liverpool are looking to structure things in the payment terms that are suitable for them. You know what I mean? The, the add-ons, the bonuses for Nunez. Something's definitely, something has to be cooking because there's no way when they're doing the end of season planning, um, you know, to put, they probably even start that stuff in like February, how they're looking at the squad and thinking from a midfield point of view, this is fine. Yeah, this this is not a problem here. Because like you said, and you, you put it perfectly, the drop-off from what we consider the first eleven to kind of like that second tier is quite high. And that is a little bit unfair on guys like Elliot and Jones to a degree. Yeah. But we just lack that quality in a specific types of midfielder. So yeah. I've said but I said I said I've said we I think we're gonna get two midfielders in the next 12 months. What profile of midfielder will you specifically target for this Liverpool team? Sorry, before I answer that, do you know who kills me? It's my yeah. night. Like, just, you know that, that's a, that annoying little brother that's just following you around over trying to copy you, but they're just doing absolutely rubbish. Like they were, they were briefing the same things that, like, oh yeah, we're not willing to enter a bidding war for Nunes. We're interested in him, but we're not, bro. You're not even close. Like you're not even there. And they you got laughed out of the room, man. Okay. <laughs> they tried to steal him <laughs> off us. Um, that last minute meeting with Hood, Hood, um, Jorge Mendes. Like they're just so they're such a funny team. And now even. Even Gravenberch, who worked with the man last season, was like, nah, I'm good. I'm yeah, good, I'm, I'm not following you there, big man. You're on your own. You're, on your own. <laughs> You're good, man. I'm going by him. All right, bye. <laughs> and, and poor De Jong. They're trying to kidnap my man, bro. Let my, let my man live, bro. He's he putting every single signal out that he does not want. He, he I'll leave. Not I'm not going there, though. <laughs> he does not. Every time, oh, oh, they're trying to convince Frankie De Jong on their project. Uh, Manchester United trying to convince him. Uh, Ten, Ten Hag says this. Ten Hag, oh my. Poor guy just wants to just chill up in Barcelona. You know what I'm saying? Have his sunny weather, play the next, you know what I'm saying? But Man United just trying to kidnap him. But anyway, so the type of midfielder, um, I think, so the, let me list the qualities first. I think it's easier to list the qualities that we need. So I think we're kind of missing. Um, so I think Henderson's kind of declining. And whilst he's still kind of playing at a good level, his dynamism is um, declining. And Fabinho and Thiago, whilst they've never been, you know what I'm saying, the most mobile type of midfielders, they're more on the ball. Um, they, they might win it snappy, but over long distances, you know what I'm saying, it's a bit of a myth for both of them. So I think we kind of need a midfielder who's mo- definitely mobile and he's dynamic, who can get across both ends of the pitch very quickly, you know what I'm saying? So I think that dynamism is missing in midfield. And also, I believe that cutting edge, that creative spark is also missing. So if you can find a midfielder who can, um, obviously, this is kind of like gold dust. So find a midfielder who's got that kind of creative spark and that can kind of add to our final third. So a midfielder that can um, add maybe goals and assists to, not, not even not even necessarily goals and assists, but just someone who's able to thread that ball into the forwards, who's not, also not named Thiago. I think yeah. we're kind of missing that as well. So... Um, yeah, so the kind of profile I would, um, it's, it's, it is kind of like it's Jude, though, isn't it? It's, 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 it's All Jude. roads lead like, back to Jude, man. It's, it's, it's Hey Jude, you know what I'm saying? Jude is Bellingham is mobile. He can he can cover the ground. He's um, six six goals, fourteen assists. Um, this 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 no, 
yeah, six goals, 14 assists across all competitions this year yeah. at 18 years old. I'm saying that's a fantastic campaign for him. Um, so three of them in the Champions League, another couple of them in the Europa League. So, yeah, that kind of midfielder, but Bellingham, um, all these players are kind of gone. Like Camavinga again. Yeah. yeah that kind of Dan Anderson who can do both ends of the game. So, um, who else? Who am I looking at? Hmm. Chris, shout me out here. Who, who, who? My guys, yeah, my guys are a little bit. Bruno G would have been the perfect midfielder. You can do both. He can do both. And one of the guys we have been linked to, Natalius Nunez, when I've been looking, when I've been looking at him doing the numbers a little bit the more. Middle third player though, isn't he? So I like he looks good. And he reminds you of like a cover titch. Uh, Mike said Musa Dembele Tottenham. And the kind of what they're good at is retaining position and kind of keeping it and maybe giving it to the final third, but they're not necessarily end of so they don't really get the assist, the goals, but they're really good in terms of uh, maybe getting the ball off the centre backs, tackling. They're gonna they're gonna pass that ball into the final third. They're not gonna drive it into the final third, yeah. which I think is the one thing that we do need, man. Paqueta again would be my one thing. It's just I, like I always keep hammering it home, but it's just the way I think about it and how we set up and what we ask from that right side of midfielder as well. When Trent gets into that inverted midfield position, that player ultimately plays as a number ten in certain situations. So I think you need someone with that attack, attacking impetus, like you say, Piers, so, kind of have that goal-scoring threat. So my thing is that if you can't, obviously, because this is like gold dust, right? We're asking for a player who can do both ends of the game to a very high standard. If you can't get that, then maybe get two midfielders that one can do the mid, mid the, the midfield third, I mean, mid, the midfield kind of stuff of just kind of midfielding, um, protecting the ball, um, kind of being that cover for Trent. Um, you know what I'm saying covering both grounds and maybe another midfielder who can add that kind of final third so maybe like a, a Nunes and a Paqueta or like a Supersuma is being bought but Pesuma can't really do that final third thing but he can do that kind of dynamism thing so the guy from Munchen Gladbach is pretty good man as well and that Kawadi Okone looks yeah. a proper player to be honest, I was kind of surprised that he wasn't in programming Birch as well but it looked like he had his heart set on Bayern Munich so maybe that's why yeah, so that was a bit of a strange one because you would have thought with the price that he went for, you know, like 25 million, low sell-on and stuff like that, a lot more play, a lot more people would have been on it, but it seems like he did have his heart set on it. It's like we say, though, I think from what we want, we want that six and a half kind of player. Yeah. Someone who can do a lot of the jobs as a number eight and a lot of the jobs as a number six, kind of get, get you a midfielder who can do both kind of thing. And it is going to be difficult, but... Ultimately, all all roads went back to Jude, which is absolutely frustrating. But yeah, very annoying. But we've been we've, we've been seeing some of the reports coming out. That, you know, Dortmund, if the right offer comes in, they'd be open to selling him. And if Liverpool are very serious, because this is a, this is a midfielder who could be here for the next six to eight years, um, and that would you know that transfer fee will probably pay off itself. He's only going to increase in value when a fall he decline. Do you think they pull the trigger? And do you think they do it? Um, I think we'll definitely be interested. I think we're definitely trying to see what's there. But my worry is that will we, the same thing happen with too many? You know, so we'll be blowing out the water with just crazy fee. Will Real Madrid come through and be like, we'll offer you 100 million, 300k wages, and then we can't really match that. But um, yeah, so it, it really kind of depends on whether um, it goes into a kind of bidding war and where he's heart set on. So if, if he wants to come to us, we can make it all happen. But if it's kind of like... He's not sure the money kind of matters. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. How, how do you feel about Frankie De Jong, Chris? I think he'd be good. I think he'd ask for, like, far too much in terms of the money. And 
Fahi raised a good point, man. He's been a little bit underwhelming for Barca, considering yeah. the heights that were set for him. Now, I'm not going to lay that solely at his door, considering how yes. diabolical it's Barcelona it. have been in the past. I think years. They, they don't even know what he is because sometimes no, they play him as a six, sometimes they play him as an eight. Like, I think they thought he would, he would have been Busquets' replacement, but then they realized that he's actually kind of good going forward as well. So, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, De Jong, the feet looks a bit too insane for me. And whilst he's not exactly, exactly what we need, so he hasn't got that kind of final third kind of end product um, all the time. And he's not crazy. He's only got a mad PMP. He's got a lot of quality. And sometimes you just need quality in your squad. But that kind of 80 million fee is too much for him, I think. So I wouldn't pay more than like 60 million for him. It's a lot of money for what they want for him as well. But, you know, they're in, they're in such dire straits when it comes to that financial situation. They've got to try and squeeze every single penny that they can. I mean, for God's sake, they're having weddings at the venues to try and supplement income. Um, you can literally pay for 200 euros to have a kickabout on the sacred tallow turf that is the new camp. So it's um, it's dire times over there. But but yeah, I I agree. I think we do need I do I think we do need the two midfielders and the age profile does need to be somewhere in that 18 to 24 range. Which look at how you know the, the, the squad is aging, and it does need to be someone if you can get Matthias Nunez and then someone who can do a bit more of the attacking stuff. That would be absolutely fantastic. But yeah, that would be it's, fun. If you have to see where it is, I think some of the names that I've seen is is, is Nunez and the guy from I can't, can't I can never pronounce his name. Um, I think I can't, I can't remember who mentioned him the other day, but it was um, Kakarat from. Oh yeah, 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 Kakarat, yeah. I call him Kakarat, like Goku. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just easy to pronounce. But again, you look at the profiles of players, and it goes against what we think we need in someone who can kind of get in those areas where it's a bit more attacking and they can do a lot more of the dynamic stuff inside in and around the penalty areas kind of you know, feed some of the other attackers or be the goal scoring threat the profile of these players that we're after is high energy win the ball back retain possession kind of break through a little bit and play the through balls and the quick balls to the attackers to get the business done that would indicate there's not going to be a massive change of philosophy which when you look at it from that eyes, are you a little bit disappointed to see that they don't want to have a little bit more cutting edge from midfield? Um, hi, yeah, I think I think I think that is a bit disappointing to be honest because I feel like we kind of do need to evolve. We can't just keep kind of having these midfielders that are head to plug gaps and um, care to kind of win the ball. But then again, I think that we are kind of, I think we are, I think we are kind of evolving because. I don't see kind of Klopp playing Elliot in the central midfield like three or four years ago. You know what I'm saying? That would have been unheard of playing a right winger centre mid in this kind of Liverpool system. So um, it depends how much stock he's got in Elliot and Jones, really. If he's really willing to actually give them a chance in the league and um, kind of play them, because I think both of them have that kind of cutting edge. So um, yeah, I, th- I think we are willing to evolve. It depends. It depends. Um, and also Fabio Cavallo, we keep forgetting he's like the forgotten man. So we don't know how much game time he's going to get this season. So. Um, it's there, it's just who are we going to target? I think that's it's such a really interesting um, discussion, this this kind of transfer window in midfield. Um, obviously, we've seen that the Calvin Ramsey kind of deal is nearly done, which is kind of agreeing the fee, but we've agreed terms for him. Mm-hmm. He's obviously going to be the backup right back. So, yeah, um, that's needed as well. We can't keep playing Gomez right back, even though he's been a good, a good job, but we can't keep playing. Yeah, him. he's not been doing that, but the passing range has really improved, which is um, quite the sight. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that midfield discussion is, is is very interesting, man. Very interesting. It's really interesting. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot more to speak about on that midfield situation 
as the transfer window goes on. There'll be a lot more stuff on the Patreon page. So if yeah. you are interested, there'll be a, obviously there'll be the odd discussion here or there, but if you want the good stuff, you want that real good shit, and go over to the Patreon page. Also, viewers, if you've got any kind of um, people that you think that can play it in this local system, let us know because even me, I'm, I'm like, I'm scratch. I, I'm, a, I'm a football manager player. I, I keep my head to the streets. I'm, I'm really struggling, boy. You know what I'm saying? I'm really struggling in terms of these options. So I'm hearing names of like Sangara. Um, yeah. I do not bring Sangara yeah. to this club, man. Um, Tillemans. Yeah, it's just, it's a bit, it's a bit mad. So yeah, let, me, let us know if you have any players you really think can come to the system and kind of offer this Liverpool team something that we don't have. Yeah, hit us up, man. At Copy of Ruckus. Um, any Sangara shells, you will be blocked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel confident in saying that but yeah there's only so far FB ref can really take us so any of your first standing impressions on midfielders you think can improve this Liverpool 11 please let us know because you know we did the research and let the masses know as well but yeah it's been a busy it's been quite quietly a busy week all things Liverpool considered um, looks like the uh, the hunt for Minamino is is really increasing with all sorts of different clothes being involved in the mix. Apparently, the front runners are Wolves, which is quite interesting. It would be interesting to see where he fits in their forward line. Um, and I think Monaco are in there as well. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. I prefer him to stay, but I don't think he, he could be begrudged of a move away after the fantastic season he had, essentially leading us to the finals of those domestic cups. Um, and obviously, there's the outgoings with players, such as, you know, Oxley Chamberlain, Neco Williams, Nat Phillips. What will be happening in those scenarios? It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks to come. I mean, the transfer window has just opened. So it's going to be interesting times. And those bottomans will get resolved in the next few weeks, too. So yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be good. But it is Darwin Day. Fuck with Dre. Yeah, I don't know fuck with Dre Day. Um, it's, <laughs> um, I thought I could do something there, but it, just, it, it kind of escaped me. So that's a very good, very good time to end the pod on, unless you've got anything else you want to cover off here. Yeah, that's it, man. Hashtag Darwin Day. Let's, let's Darwin. go. <laughs> it's Darwin Day. It is an evolution um, in the Liverpool from in the Liverpool attacking line, and Darwin is the Batista, I guess, of this um, of this Liverpool front line. Will he fulfil the destiny, become world heavyweight champion X, Y, and Z? The only time will tell. But the best place to hear all that information is here at Copper Practice. I've been your host, Chris. You've been joined by myself and Peter discussing all things LFC. Hit the like, subscribe button in the relevant podcast app. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with even more LFC stuff. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you soon. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.